All right, now we're talking. <laughs> hey, this is uh, probably one of the hits, I would say. This has more you on it than it has me on it, I think. Yeah, which, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to just pat myself on the back. But I noticed this one has got more streams on Spotify and uh, that sort of thing. Um, this is one of my favorite songs that you have written, I think. Thank you. And it's one of my favorite songs that explicitly references Balinor. Yep. And I and think my, in addition, my grandparents as well. Yeah. It's probably my favorite song about. Uh, You've forgotten Bordeaux's name. No, not Bordeaux. I was going to say it's about. It's probably my favorite song about the last plane out of Sydney being almost gone. <laughs> like I can't think of any others that really come close. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and I do love uh, to feel the K-Sam between my toes, sure. you know? Yeah. It's something yeah. that uh, something Balliner really brings me back to. And the song's a, called Max from Balliner. Yes. It's a real unique perspective that you have as a songwriter, I think. Talk to me about that. Well, I just can't think of anyone else. Um, <laughs> I listen to a lot of music, particularly like, you know, you can probably tell there's a lot of influences from like rock music. Like popular rock music from the last yep. like you know fifty years all over this thing. Yep, and Rolling Stones, obviously sure. huge one. Mostly yep. Rolling Stones. Yeah, um, the song "Like a Rolling Stone" was another big yeah. one. A Rolling but Stone I mean, gathers no Ian Moss. Yeah, right. But I mean, has anyone else really tapped into that feeling of Kaysan? I don't. Th- I think Kaysan is it's like Aloha, right? You know, it's a mindset. <laughs> it means both hello and goodbye. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and a case on to all of our listeners tuning in from <laughs> wherever you are in the world. All around the globe, not just Paladin. <laughs> hey, uh, what do you think of the idea here that we tried out of having backing vocals in the second chorus, but not in the last chorus? It was an interesting decision. It was a last minute decision, I think. Uh, it might have even been a mistake. <laughs> 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 I think it's good. I think that like the the primordial version of this song had those backing was kind of almost clashing, like counter melody backing vocals. Yeah. Throughout the end of the track as well, and it was always like intriguingly cluttered in a way that was like um, created like a really interesting. It's not dissonant at all. Like they go together. But it does make for like a challenging listen. I'm not sure. It's too much Max Quinn. Yeah, I think. Yeah. If there's one lesson we learned from acting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Bordeaux is my friend from high school. Oh, we should explain. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, his favorite song is is K Sam um, by Cold Chisel. Um, and never heard yeah, of it. Yeah. To the point where uh, I remember when we were growing up, uh, if we would go to the pub or it would be like a a jam night, ugh, I'm shuddering, but at the same time, Bordeaux would ask the performer, instead of singing uh, K-San, he'd ask him to play the last songs out of Bordeaux, the last plane out of Bordeaux's almost Bordeaux. Interesting. Hey, uh, the man is a savant. Well, he tapped into something, because I, you know, not a lot of people have, like, been the explicit inspiration for a song. Yep. On this record. <laughs> No, not on this record. Um, not especially a song called Max from Ballina that's about Bordeaux. I think there's something really nice about that. Mm, that's true, actually. A lot of people would be confused because I think you you see the track name ba- Max from Ballina, you think right, yep. this is the calling card. This yep. is essentially going to be like the Max Quinn theme song. 
Yeah. Which I think some people may um, still think, you know, like we, we kind of play it at every show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's an enduring part of the Max Quinn legacy. <laughs> it is something that really um, cemented the, the big prawn as a piece of personal iconography for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something that obviously has been an undercurrent throughout your life. But in the wake of this song, I think has really blossomed into um, your kind of mascot. Yeah, personal branding, I think. Uh, and also, I think it's important to rep whatever shitty town you come from. Mm. Um, and I, I kind of, I love that in uh, in the world of hip hop, especially you get like a lot of, um, you know, West Coast and East Coast and all kinds of like, oh, I'm from such and such a location and we're really like we're really proud of it but i don't think that that comes through in rock and roll music very much you might be right well this is probably the biggest hip-hop moment of your career to date thank you very much not ruling anything Um, out for the future obviously yeah um i mean i uh there are 16 bars somewhere on this i'm sure that um might have better um what's that assonance maybe some more flow yeah i do think Um, it's a shame in retrospect now that we had to cut the lettuce wrap <laughs> from, from the EP. <laughs> Serving up raw meat. Hey, it's a full four beat. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you have to listen to the commentary of all of your favorite albums. Because you will miss out on, you know, the, the stuff that hit the cutting room floor. There is actually, we should say, there's a whole song that we finished and I really like but is like a buried treasure, right? It's because we didn't like the kick drum. Yeah, couldn't do that. Um, And uh, the drums were, I wouldn't say an issue, but we learned a lot in our first two days tracking drums, so Mm -hmm. much so that we went back and retracked all of the drums after that. Right. It was a real process. Um, Because we've talked about this a little bit, but basically we were learning how to do every part of this as we went, because it was literally just the two of us. Right, right. We borrowed a bunch of gear. Shout out uh, Ben, shout out Kelly and, and Huey um, for letting us borrow a bunch of stuff to be able to make this in uh, a room in my house that at that point I had, I don't know, I'd gone through a lot of life changes and I had this big house all to myself for another month. And I don't know, we kind of just thought, fuck it, let's do it. And part of that was learning how to record everything then also taking that away and learning how to mix and master everything. And I think that um, as a DIY rock project, it's as DIY as we're ever going to get. I think so. I think it's probably about as DIY as you can get. Like, I mean, there's no element of this aside from like getting it online onto streaming services or whatever that had anything to do with anyone else, right? It was literally like you mastered it, you mixed it. Um, the fo- yeah. I took the photo on the cover, like right, right, it's truly yeah. ours in a way that I I'm really proud of. Yeah, and me too. And speaking of the cover, I think now is probably a good time. Um, the cover of the record is my car getting towed on the day that we were going to start recording the record, and we had gone to your old work in uh, Barclay Square in Melbourne, in Brunswick, mm. and we had to pick something up, maybe an extra mic lead, something like that. And come back around the corner and realize that we'd parked in a zone that turns into a tollway zone at four o'clock. Right. And of course it's 4.03. And I remember just like 
piss bolting up the street, seeing my car on the back of a thing. And then what happened next? We have to get an Uber to the place where... Right. I remember you... I remember <sighs> not... But I didn't piss bolt because I was like, oh, it'll be fine. Because I've never driven a car before. Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I remember you... Um, Saying to the guy who was towing it, like, oh, come on. Like, oh, come on. We're right here. Oh, we're right here. Yeah. yeah. I think that I even offered him some money. And yes. he was like, no. You tried no, to we do can't the do thing that. that anyone would do. Right. Um, and then, yeah, we did. We shared an Uber, a really uh, unhappy Uber, where we complained to the Uber driver uh, about <laughs> the situation. <laughs> and then about halfway through, it started really raining yeah, as well. Right. We had to load out of the Uber into the like garage where they had stowed your car. Um, oh God. And it was in, just in the brutally, rain. Yeah. Thumping down. I seem to remember them, them saying that you had to go in through one door and I had to walk around the block to get in through the other entry because yeah, I wasn't I don't picking understand up the car. Either. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was this, uh, um, the city of Melbourne really kicked me on my way out in terms of fines and uh, like, it was sort of like the uh, Melbourne and I had our disagreements along the years and I was very happy to be leaving Mm. at the time that I was able to leave at the start of 2018. And yeah, I guess what happened is that they took maybe $400 off me for um, parking in the wrong zone. Mm. And then I went and had a coffee with uh, our friend Kelly in Footscray and parked somewhere and got another $115 fine. And then about two months after I got here to Sydney, they uh, sent me an invoice, which was for illegal dumping for a couch that I had organized a council pickup for, but it never happened. And yeah, I got another $350 on the way out. So it cost me uh, maybe Mm. $1,000 in... Just like the the leaving Melbourne tax in non moving related <laughs> expenses. <laughs> Thus, it was good the stuff. title, I guess you know. Right? Yeah. Good. Thanks. Mm. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking of uh, places where I uh, once was and then grew discontent, leaving a city. 